Yo, 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 welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris, comedy advice to fix your life. I'm your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world. Mike is in the building. Say hi, Michael. Hey, what's up? Now, you guys might know me from YouTube. Chris versus the world is my comedy channel. Laser Lemming is my gaming channel. Uploaded.com brings them all together like one great big happy family that hasn't done anything for months. Don't forget that you guys can subscribe to this show, Chris to Chris, for new episodes every single week. Every single Friday, we have a new episode. It is amazing. We are on iTunes. We are on Apple Podcasts, which I guess is separate from iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, anywhere that podcasts are sold for free. We are there. And if we're not there, I demand that you demand we be there. We're also on uploaded.com. That website that brings everything together. You can download the episode straight to your computer, straight to your tablet, straight to your phone. We are there. You can also stream it because technology is the future and we are the future, just like your children. Today we've got a great show for y'all. We are talking about love as well as some amazing movie trailers. We're also sharing our spoiler-free Detective Pikachu review. Look out for that. We're also talking some weekly news, listener questions, and a whole lot more. It's going to be a fun show, so stick around. But first, I want to start this week's episode off with some good news, some bueno news. That's how you say good news in Spanish, Mike. Well, actually, Mike, it's good news for you specifically. Mike, the other day, I remembered that we had a P.O. box for this show that I set up kind of, uh, it was foolish. It was foolish of me to do, but I I set up a P.O. box for the show because I wanted us to be able to receive letters and gifts without having, you know, bombs sent directly to the studio. You don't want that. You don't want that. But I completely forgot about it. But I remembered uh, last weekend, oh yeah, we got this P.O. box, so I, I drove over to the old P.O. box. It was a little dusty, haven't been there in a while. Wasn't much in there, but there was a couple things for you, Mike. A few letters that caught my eye. You are more popular than I thought. You got a few uh, letters from a fan, buddy. Huh. Yeah, I was just as surprised as you. Anyway, I thought it would be fun to read these letters for the first time ever on the show live i haven't read these yet let's crack open the first one here okay uh december 14th 2018 that was what was that three four months after we started the show says uh hi mike my name is holly oh holly she says i'm a 20 year old art major at cal state fullerton mike that's that's fairly local to us she says i stumbled upon this show through a friend on facebook I don't really like Chris. What a bitch. Uh, I don't really like Chris, but I'm, I'm a big fan of everything you do on the show. You're so funny and smart. Every time you introduce yourself, I have the biggest smile on my face. And then she puts a, a, a smiley emoticon. Uh, she says, I don't want to scare you off, but I found your Insta, and I think you're pretty cute. I'm surprised you're single. Why is your account private, though? And then she puts a little sad face. She says, and anyway... I hope to hear from you soon. I've included my contact info in a pic. XOXO Holly. Well, she looks like your type. But I think the big news here is that you told me you didn't have an Instagram, you son of a bitch. Huh. Anyway, I think we'll hear more from Holly later. We got a few more letters to read here. But in the meantime, we're going to move on to our tip of the week. Buckle in, guys. This is going to get real. So I went to see a movie on Sunday. Saw Detective Pikachu. I'm going to give it a spoiler-free review. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to do that in our video game corner next. But when I went to go see this movie, what I didn't know ahead of time 
was that I was actually seeing a double feature. I saw two movies for the price of one. I saw Detective Pikachu and another movie that I had no idea I was going to be seeing for free. Mike, have you ever been to a, a movie theater? Is, is that a serious question? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to a movie theater. Okay, so you're familiar with the concept of movie trailers before the movie starts, right? So we're waiting for Detective Pikachu to start, and the trailers start rolling. And there's this trailer that pops up for this movie called A Dog's Journey. It's the sequel to A Dog's Purpose. Now, I hadn't seen the first movie, but by the time the trailer was done, I had seen the sequel. See, the trailer tells you every single beat of the story throughout the entire movie. It's amazing. It was tailor-made for people that watch a movie and constantly ask you, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? You know, the people that can't stand the idea of not knowing what's going to happen in a movie. So I would say A Dog's Journey was a pretty good movie based on the trailer. I give it a K-9 out of 10. You get it? You get it? a K-9 out of 10. I liked it so much that I had to go home and watch the first movie. So I got on YouTube and I searched for the trailer for A Dog's Purpose. I'm like, they did the exact same thing. I don't know how I missed the trailer for the first one because I did hear, I remember hearing a story about how uh, there was like some animal abuse concerns during the filming of the first movie, right before the movie came out. But uh, I'm not going to spoil these movies for you, but I am going to tell you what happens in the trailers. In the first movie, the trailer shows this dog named Bailey, and he grows up with this little boy, and then Bailey dies because he's a dog. The good news is that he's actually reincarnated into another dog, but he still remembers being that boy's dog back in the day, and he ends up being owned by a bunch of different people, right? Presumably because he keeps dying. By the way, I think it's pretty awesome that dogs get reincarnated because I'm pretty sure that makes dogs either Hindus or Buddhists. There might be more religions that believe in reincarnation, but when I look at a dog, I think, ah, uh, yeah, you're either a Hindu or you're either a Buddhist. So this dog, Bailey, just keeps on dying and dying, right? Constantly meeting new people. But finally, he comes back in the right place at the right time. He runs in to the boy that we saw in the beginning of the trailer, and it turns out that boy grew up to become Dennis Quaid. Pretty good, right? Now, I've only seen the trailer, but it's one of my favorite movies now. Favorite movies of all time. And once I saw the trailer, the sequel made even more sense because the sequel picks up right where the first movie left off. See, in the, in the trailer for A Dog's Journey, Bailey is hanging out with Dennis Quaid and his granddaughter, CJ. And CJ's mom, that's uh, Dennis Quaid's daughter, CJ's mom gets pissed off at Dennis Quaid about something, and she and CJ move away from their farm that they live at. And this really bums out the dog Bailey. So Bailey decides to die again. But you'll never guess what happens. Mike, do you want to guess what happens next? The dog comes back. The dog comes back. But this time, Bailey comes back for CJ. And this time, we get to watch a girl grow up and be sad that her dog died. So CJ watches her mom get picked up by a bunch of strange Jews. I forgot to mention, CJ's mom is a single woman 
and I don't know, maybe her husband died. What would probably happen though is the husband uh, left them because they have to have like a, a, a dick in this movie, right? And so CJ's mom is dating around, she's sleeping around, and uh, CJ doesn't like it, and Bailey doesn't like it. So of course, Bailey does the right thing and dies. Bailey gets sad and dies. And the best part is, at the end of the movie, I mean, at the end of the trailer, CJ comes back to where it all started. She brings her Asian, Asian, she brings her Asian husband to the farm, or her Asian boyfriend. I don't know. It's her, it's her boyfriend or her husband, but they're a beautiful couple. She brings her to the farm where her her grandpa Dennis Quaid lives, and she brings with them the new and improved Bailey. And Dennis Quaid is now an old man wearing old man makeup, and his wife is an old woman wearing old woman makeup. And it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. This is also now one of my favorite movies. Now, let me explain something. This is what I want, okay? I really want this to happen. I want this movie franchise to keep going for decades. It's got to be direct sequels to this movie, though, to all of these movies, because this movie is a direct sequel to A Dog's Purpose. I want direct sequels from now until eternity, okay? I want to keep following the life of Bailey or the lives of Bailey until the writers are forced into taking this storyline into the future and these movies slowly morph into this sci-fi franchise where there's this backstory about a dog that keeps getting reincarnated but the the writers now have to like add in flying cars and cloning and uh, cellular regeneration that sort of thing. I want these movies to keep going forever and I might not ever see any of the movies directly but I am going to see the trailers. Because these are some bomb-ass trailers. Now, I've talked a lot about these trailers, so they must have really made an impact on me. Anyway, this week's tip of the week is to skip the movie and just watch the trailer. Whew! I am really excited about these movies. Anyway, let's move on to a little thing I like to call Video Game Corner! So as I mentioned earlier, this week I'm going to give a spoiler-free review of Detective Pikachu. Well, I'm talking about movies a lot this week. So, on Sunday, my wife and I went to see that movie, Detective Pikachu. We saw it at an AMC dine-in theater. By the way, a lot of people really seem to like these AMC dine-in theaters. And I do not. I do not. And I feel like I'm alone here, because every time I talk to somebody about it, they say, oh yeah, those are great. Those are great. If you've never been to one, these are the theaters that uh, give you a menu and a full tray for your food and the reclining seats. I like reclining seats, to be fair. But everything else about these theaters, I, I, I loathe. So the way it works is uh, anytime you're hungry, you can press a button and a teenager will appear and ask you what you would like to eat, what you would like to drink. And he or she will ask you at full volume, very loudly, so that Everybody around you can hear as well. They will also stand up as tall as they can and block the screen so that the only thing you can think about is throwing some sort of rock or heavy object at their head so that they are no longer standing in front of that screen. And then you realize that you've just spent the last three minutes fantasizing about stoning a 20-year-old kid that you have no idea what's going on in the movie anymore. And it's, you know, it's pretty embarrassing when you lose track of what's going on in a Detective Pikachu movie. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. You should be able to follow it perfectly. <sighs> the best part of these theaters is that they uh, stick this 
big, bright-ass AMC light between the seats. Every two seats, there's this bright light right beside your head. Right beside your head. And it's, it's an AMC logo, just blasting white light through it. The funny thing about this is that, you know, uh, before a movie starts, they say, turn off your cell phone. The light can be distracting. Meanwhile, AMC has a big, bright-ass light advertising themselves and you can't turn the light off. You can't turn the light off. And I assume that light is there to remind you that there's a button below it so you can press it and give AMC more money. Oh, I hate that shit. I hate it. So I started bringing a hat just to cover that stupid light. What the hell were we talking about? Oh yeah, uh, the, the, the Pikachu. Pikachu. So uh, this movie is pretty good. But, uh, you know, you could, you could tell what's going to happen pretty much every step of the way. You see the bad guy in, this, in the movie. They don't say this is the bad guy, but you know. You know it's the bad guy, and it is. There is a twist in the movie, though, and it turns out that Pikachu was voiced by Ryan Reynolds and not an actual Pikachu. And I did some research on this, and I found out that none of the Pokemon in this movie were actual real Pokemon. They were all CGI. And it was done by the same crew that did the CG work for the new Lion King remake, and they also did uh, the Jungle Book remake a few years back. And to be fair, the CG in those movies was very good. And the CG in this movie is very good. CG in Sonic is not so good. Uh, some of the acting in Pikachu was uh, pretty iffy. Ryan Reynolds did a good job. But some of the other characters, uh, not so much. But uh, I was hoping that this was going to be a, a four-hour Pokemon movie. But after uh, looking into it, it was actually only 104 minutes long. So if you're looking for a four-hour Pokemon movie, you need to look elsewhere. Overall, it's not a bad movie. Uh, I'm 100% sure it's better than Sonic. I know that bar is low. And Sonic is not out yet, but I'm placing a bet on it right now. This movie is going to be better than Sonic will, okay? It's just a fact, you know? The trailer alone hurts Sonic from now until infinity. I liked it enough, but it would have been a better movie if AMC didn't put that giant fucking light next to my face the whole time. I think it's probably best watch while uh, on some sort of psychedelic drug. You know you have talking Pikachus, and they look realist. Realish? Realish? Okay, soapbox over. Mike, I, I think it's time we crack open another letter from Holly. Let's see here. January 4th, 2019. Hi, Mike. It's Holly again. I've written you three letters now, and I haven't heard back. I hope Chris isn't keeping you too busy. Ha ha, winky face. Anyways, if it isn't super obvious at this point, I've kinda got a huge crush on you. OMG, I'm embarrassed about how long it took for me to even write that, lol. So, I creeped your Insta page for a bit, slash lot, I guess you must have made it public, Mike? She says, I creeped your Insta page, and I think I'm your type based on the pics with your girlfriends. At least I hope they're your friends. Or at least I hope they're just your friends. LOL. <laughs> if you think you're done playing hard to get, text me or something. Still thinking of you. XOXO Holly. Mike, I'm starting to think this girl might have some feelings for you. Are you just fucking with me? Are you just fucking with me here? Be real. Mike, I wish that I can come up with such a beautiful letter on my own. But unfortunately, I just don't like you that much. Anyway, I think we'll get back to Holly in a bit. In the meantime, we got to move on to the news. 
In New York City, wow, this isn't in Florida. In New York City, a woman accidentally left a cashier's check worth $424,000 at a pizzeria. Can you believe it? A pizzeria in New York? Her waiter is now famous for saving her ass. Karen Vinicor was eating lunch with her daughter at a pizzeria called Patsy's last week. She noticed that the restaurant had a bunch of pictures on the walls of famous people that had been there before. She wasn't happy, though, because according to her, there were not enough women on the walls. So naturally, she complained to her waiter, Mr. Armando Marcage. You know, you gotta complain to the waiter. He's the guy who makes those decisions. And he points out to her that there's a bunch of women on the wall. But she says, there's not as many as there should be. So he says, well... I don't know, maybe women just don't eat pizza as much. I don't fucking know, lady. She didn't like his answer, though. So she decided to do the right thing and stiff him on the tip. She said, the consensus of opinion was not to give him a tip. I like how she said the consensus of opinion. The consensus of opinion between you and your daughter. That is two people. The consensus of opinion was not to give him a tip, she says. And we wrote on the note, women eat pizza. And by the way, have you heard that women don't leave tips? Now, I got a feeling that this lady comes up with a stupid-ass reason not to leave a tip at any restaurant she goes to. You got, you, she has to she's one of those people that picks a fight with anybody, any, any waiter or waitress unfortunate enough to deal with her. And says, oh, you know, write some snarky-ass note about why she didn't leave a tip. She, she's looking at the wall, like, what, can I, what, what bullshit can I come up with to not leave this guy a tip? But this lady made a mistake. See, first of all, personally, I don't f*** with the people that handle my food. You don't know if they're going to spit in your food or bake their dead grandpa's ashes into it or something. Point is, she burned that bridge, right? It's one thing to not tip a guy over some pictures on the wall. It's another thing to not give him a tip and write a petty letter about it. Her big mistake here was that she left a cashier's check for four hundred and twenty-four grand on the table by accident. So instead of not giving him a tip at all, she gave this guy the biggest tip of his life. Now, according to the news story, they said that uh, he's worked there for nine years. And I would say 424 grand is a lot more money than he's made his entire time working as a waiter at this pizzeria. You know, you don't get paid that much to be a waiter, especially not at a pizza joint. So that would be the easiest 400 plus thousand dollars he would ever make in his life. And that's got to be tempting, right? It's right there. It's a cashier's check. And personally, personally, if anybody wants to write me some snarky ass letter and pay me half a million dollars for it, I'm all for it right away. Say whatever stupid rude thing you want. As long as you're writing checks along with those letters, I'm down. I'm down. So... The choice was Armando's, but it turns out this dude had a conscience. He had, he had a, a little cricket sitting on his shoulder saying, let your conscience be your guide, and I am your conscience. So this lady, Karen, she came in a few days later looking for her check, and he dropped the good news on her. She cried, and, and now they're best friends or something. I don't know. Moral of the story here is that if you're ever in New York, 
you should probably mug at least a few people because you never know who might be carrying a cashier's check for half a million dollars. In other news, a police dog in Bryant, Arkansas has made it to this year's Bryant High School yearbook. We actually uh, shared this picture on our Facebook page. Uh, the dog, Maya, became a part of the school's security team. They call her the canine school resource officer, Maya Tarvin. Dog has a last name. That's pretty cool. And I think this is pretty great because the dog, and you should look at the picture on our Facebook page, the dog gets the center photo on the page. And when you look at the page, there's pictures of other human staff members surrounding her. And some of them, if you look at their faces, some of them look like they're going to be real pissed when they see that they got shoved towards the binder so that the school dog could get a center stage photo. And you could tell that some of them talk mad shit about each other in the break room. And now they're going to be talking shit about Maya and say, that bitch got center stage. Good for Maya, though. Good for Maya. Quick little uh, yearbook story. When I, was, uh, when I was a lad in uh, junior high school, I, uh, I, got, I got stiffed on uh, some yearbook tips two years in a row. Eighth grade, it was clear that uh, the photographer lost the main file for my picture and just had the thumbnail, just had like a smaller version of the picture. And so everybody else's pictures are normal, right? You get your normal black and white picture as you do. My picture, it was the thumbnail. It, was, it must have been a microscopic thumbnail though because they ended up stretching it out. They stretched it out. And so my thumbnail, my, or my picture, my picture in the yearbook is this blurry, pixelated, uh, fat-looking picture of me because they stretched it out. I don't even know if they stretched it to ratio because I was a, a skinny little eighth grader and they made me look like crap. So I, w I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of eighth grade. Seventh grade, seventh grade, we get the yearbook and I'm looking all over for my picture. I can't find it. I can't find it. And then I'm looking at the names and I find my name and it says my name and uh, this, this girl's name. And it says, not pictured. And it says, Chris and this girl. I won't say her name. And I, I was mad. I was angry. I was angry. It's like, what the hell? You know, like, why? Especially as a, 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 young, a young boy, you, you don't really want to get dressed up for, for yearbook photos and whatever. The fun thing about taking yearbook photos is that you don't have to be in class. But I did, you know, and you want to see your picture at the end of the year. Even if you don't like the process of getting dressed up, you still want to see your picture and sign each other's yearbooks and whatnot. And the other thing is that with a yearbook, you're supposed to look back on it fondly and have memories. But when people look at my seventh grade yearbook, they're not going to see me. So they're not going to remember. So I was pissed. And you know who else was pissed? My mom was pissed because these yearbooks aren't free. And so she demanded our money back. So we got a free yearbook, but I'm not even in it. So screw you, school, and screw you, screw you, school, and the photographer you rode in on. Anyway, let's get back to Holly's love letters to Mike. March 8th, 2019. That's not that, that long ago. She writes, uh, Michael, this is the 26th time I've written you. Mike, are, are you stealing these letters? I only have these three. I don't know, dude. 26 times and few months jeez. Uh, she writes I thought you were different than other guys I thought you understood me 25 letters I've written to you all from the heart 25 times you have stepped on that heart the heart that beats for you oh my god 
Is a response so much to ask? Even once? My friends told me to move on and that you weren't worth it. And for a second, I almost listened to them. Well, they aren't my friends anymore. From now on, it's just you and me, Mikey. Uh-oh. I'm in this for the long haul, babe. I can't wait to meet you. We are going to rule the world together. Forever yours, Holly. Mike, Mike, Mike. Jesus. Mike, um, I think uh, wedding bells might be in the future, buddy. Better start ring shopping. Let's move on, dude. All right. All right, let's move on to listener questions. We got some great questions today from uh, Ken and Devin, and they're great questions. Uh, Ken asks a, a, a series of great questions. He asks, first, where is the best place to hide a body? Great question. There's so many places you could hide a body. You know, you could hide the body right at the scene of the crime, act like it didn't even happen. You could hide it right in your front yard. You know, that's, the, that's where they'd expect you to hide it. So why not surprise them with some reverse psychology? But really... The best place to hide a body is in plain sight. I think you got to do a weekend at Bernie's kind of thing where you're just taking the body with you. you know, throw some sunglasses on that dude. Throw some sunglasses on that chick. Just walk around, you know? Act like you're carrying them. Act like they got a limp. Or, or better yet, put them in a wheelchair or something. The best part about it is that you could uh, take that corpse with you into the, the carpool lane and get where you're going faster. Ken also asks, after I hide the body... Can I crash at your place? Yes. Yes, you can. But I want to be able to use that body for carpool, at least a little bit. Ken finally asks, lastly, is there any chances you can help me get to Mexico? Great question. Absolutely. See, I'm not that far from Mexico. I checked uh, Google Maps, and right now, at this time, it's about a, a two-hour drive from my place to, to TJ, Tijuana. And uh, you and your dead friend really just need to find a way to get across the country to me without spilling the beans, if you will. You know, like I'm saying, your best bet's probably the weekend at Bernie's sort of thing. Make him a mute, you know? He doesn't talk much. I think that's a great idea. Uh, we got some great questions here uh, from Devin as well. I'm going to call this a Devin Blitz because we have questions from this week from Devin and questions from last week from Devin. And uh, they were just, th those last week questions were added, uh, right after we had finished recording last week's episode. So I'm going to put them all together, calling it the Devin Blitz. First question from Devin is, have you ever gone skiing? No, I have not. But I have seen Johnny Tsunami enough times to realize that I need to go to a mountain with snow and ride it before I die. See, I've got to try skiing and snowboarding. And then I have to make a decision. If I'm better at snowboarding, I think that means I was meant to be a Johnny Tsunami, a hero of the mountain. But if I'm better at skiing, I was meant to be a bully of the Alps, you know? Talk like a douche. And uh, to bully people for having less money than me, even though I don't really have money. So I'll have to get money. But maybe that's how you get money. Maybe you get money by being a douchebag. Maybe I was meant to be a douche. We'll see. Uh, Devin asks, let's see here. Um... What does Devin ask? Devin asks, do you think characters in the Star Wars universe watch their own version of The Bachelor? Yes, I most definitely do. See, they made two Ewok movies and a Christmas special. So the Star Wars universe is not above trashy TV. Yeah, yeah, I said it. I said it. Uh, Devin asks, 
What amusement park would you brand the unhappiest place on earth? Okay, folks, I'm gonna take a sip here for this one. You might want to do the same. I got a story for you. So, when I was a child, I went to this uh, this place called SeaWorld. You might have heard of it. There's a, a famous documentary that came out a few years back called Blackfish. So SeaWorld is not the most popular place in the world right now. Their heyday is not today. But uh, back in the early 90s, it, it sure was. It sure was. And so my, my family and I went to this place, SeaWorld. And they have shows, right? SeaWorld is not so much about the rides as it is about the shows. And we went to the, the sea lion show or the seal show, whatever they called it. You guys know what a sea lion or a seal is? That's them. And it's more of a, it has more of a comedy twist. They, they, I think they even have a little monkey in it or a, a sea otter. And a, another thing that they have in it is a walrus. And so, like I said, it's, it's a comedy kind of show. They, they make fun of the other shows, like the, the whale show or the, the orca show. And they just have fun. They just have fun. It's, it's the people cracking jokes and the animals twirling in a circle or whatever. Right? And there's a part of the show where a walrus comes out. It's near the end of the show. This walrus comes out and they play like the big fat guy music. Boom, 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 and the walrus walruses his way out in, in through the water and he pops up. And the, the human trainer says something to the walrus. And then the walrus looks into the audience. And he, he does something. He does something that I will remember until the day I die. See, if you've ever been in a pool or a bathtub, you've probably uh, sucked some water into your mouth and spit it out in a stream. And as a person, if you're really good at it, you might be able to get that stream six, seven feet out in the, in the air. I don't know. I don't know how far you could spit water. But a walrus can suck up a lot of water into his mouth. And he can spit a jet stream of water 30, 40, 50 feet out into the audience. And it's a strong stream. It's not like spread out. It's a direct current, okay? And I was like five, four, five, six years old, sitting in the audience. And guess who was sitting center audience that day? I was a center audience member. I was a little kid, okay? And this walrus is a big dude, big dude, with a lot of water in his mouth. And I think you know where this story's going. So I'm really enjoying this show up to this point. And the, the trainer says something, the walrus looks into the audience, and he lets it rip. He shoots a stream of thick water directly at me. It's, it's, it soaks me. But the worst part about it, the worst part about it, was that water didn't just soak my clothes. It got me in the face. It got me in the face. And it got me in the mouth. I tasted... I tasted that walrus's mouth. It was like I had been kissing that walrus. It was a traumatic event. My dad loved it. My dad was cracking up, that son of a bitch. So yeah, I, I still remember that. You know, trauma, sometimes you, sometimes you uh, block the trauma. But this is something I remember very clearly. And I'd, uh, I'd been to SeaWorld 
a few times after that and at that show. And I always made sure that I was not that kid again. I did not want to sit anywhere near that spot. And I was looking at that walrus like, don't you fucking do it to me again, you son of a bitch. Don't you do it to me again. And he didn't. He got close a couple times. I think he recognized me. But, yeah. So, because of that, for me, SeaWorld will probably always be, in some respects, the unhappiest place on Earth. <sighs> wow. I really need to unpack that. All right. Thanks for that question. Uh, Devin also asks, uh, what reality shows have you watched? It's a good question because I, I've, I think I've been pretty forward about this. I don't watch much reality TV and I, I never really have, but I had to think about this question because it turns out I've watched a little bit more than I thought I did. In, in the past on this show, I've mentioned that I watched Shark Tank with my wife. It's a, it's a good show. You know, you can see products that, uh, or companies that really make it, it can inspire you to do things with your life. Or it can make you feel like shit for not doing things with your life. But I, I also, uh, we also like to watch uh, Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath, which is hilarious if you are really morbid. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good show to, to watch if you want to feel bad for others. It's a, it's a pretty depressing show, but I'm fascinated by the, by the world of Scientology. Um, I've also seen a few seasons of American Idol way back in the day. Uh yeah, you know, you can always you can always see that story unfold so many times, that that formula so many times. And I watched the first season. This is like the most uh, egregious uh reality show I think I've ever seen, which was the first season of Making the Band. But the band that they ended up making was O-Town, and their first single had this group crooning to a girl about how she gives them all wet dreams. So I decided that it was a great time to to bail out on that show. Uh, but my favorite reality show of all time, and it's kind of like bordering the, it's kind of like teetering the line on reality show and just straight up comedy. But it, it's it's I, I would say it qualifies as a reality show. Favorite reality show of all time is definitely Nathan for You. Highly recommended. I highly recommend it. I sing its praises to the mountains. It is a uh, an amazing show. And I, I don't even want to spoil it for you by giving you any kind of description outside of it's a, it's, it's, well, it, it's a guy who, who helps small businesses improve. And boy, does he do a great job. So I highly recommend that show. It, it only has three seasons, but all three of them are gold. Check it out. Uh, finally, uh, Devin asks, well, this isn't even finally. We have two more questions from Devin. Devin asks, what are your thoughts on pineapples? Great story. Uh, let me tell you something real quick here. I've been telling a lot of stories this week, but they're all very relevant to my life. So when I was a kid, I went on a, a, a vacation, and uh, my mom, I, I wasn't a big fan of pineapples at the time. I was maybe six years old. And my mom gives me uh, some Hawaiian pineapple. She says, try this. You will like it. I was, I was hesitant. You know, when you're a kid and you don't like something, you don't want to try it, but I tried it. And I had that moment. You know that moment where you think you don't like something and you try it again and you love it? That was me and Hawaiian pineapple. So I was grubbing on some Hawaiian pineapple that day. I was eating it. I was eating it. I was eating it. I was loving it. And then later that day, we were on our way to some kind of show. And we're on vacation, so we're in a rental car. Pineapple is pretty much sugar and acid. Sugar, acid, sugar, acid. If you look at a, the back of a pineapple on the nutrition facts, it says sugar and acid. 
and sugar and acid mixed together, if that's all you're eating, that is a, a tummy ache waiting to happen. And that is what happened indeed. So uh, we're in this rental car, and I announce, I am going to throw up. And my dad uh, laid down the threats real quick. Don't you fucking throw up in this car. Don't you throw up in this car. This is a rental car. Don't you fucking throw up in this car. And uh, shortly after he said that, I vomited all over the rental car. And uh, that's when he really began to swear. Uh, my mom, uh, he, he, he parked the car quickly, and uh, my mom corralled my brother and I out of the car, and uh, the swear words continued as he was uh, <laughs> cleaning out this car. He rented, <laughs> cleaning the vomit. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, he was mad. And, you know, looking back on it, I would be plenty pissed if, <laughs> if I had a rental car and somebody threw up in it, too. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, pineapple story. But the, the, the good news is that I still really like pineapple, at least when it's really juicy. You know, pineapple can get, can get too hard sometimes near the center. But when it's good, it's good. Finally, Devin asks, what is your favorite animal to draw? And uh, I'll say Taz, the Tasmanian devil from Looney Tunes. In fourth grade, that is all I would draw was Taz. I would draw Taz as a basketball player, Taz as an astronaut. Taz as a baseball player, I don't know. Taz was doing everything. I love to draw Taz. But uh, when, uh, it reminds me of, jeez, uh, you guys got one more quick story in you? Um, a few years back, I was uh, really desperate for work, and I ended up, uh, I'll, I'll tell more of the story later, but I, I ended up at this interview, and big red flag was when I, uh, I, I got there, I talked to the secretary. I mean, I talked to the administrative professional day. And she uh, gave me a piece of paper. She said, oh, welcome. She gave me a piece of paper. And uh, it asked me a series of questions like, what is your favorite color? And when I got that question, I should have wrote, my favorite color is red flag because that is a big red flag. But it also asked you, if you were an animal, what would you be and why? And it might have even asked me to draw it. And I think I just came, tried to come up with some clever bullshit and I wrote pterodactyl for some stupid reason. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I don't have anything beyond that to say. Uh, outside of this story actually leads to another story about uh, the most hostile interview I've ever had. But that's, a, that's for another, another show, another time. We've really, we've really had a good time in this show, but it's, it's time to wrap it up with some poll results. So uh, last week we asked on our Facebook page, which you can vote on, by the way, on our Facebook page, Up and Loaded, we asked our, our listeners, what is the best Star Wars movie? 40% of you said episode one. Revenge of the Midichlorians. But 60% of you overruled the 40% and said the best Star Wars movie is the Star Wars Holiday Special. Good choice, guys. Uh, this week's poll asks, what is an appropriate tip for the pizza guy? You guys can vote on our Facebook page, up and load it, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. -E -D. We are also on Twitter, where we say lots of uh, Twitter-like things. We're also on Instagram, Instant Graham Cracker. All of these places, we are up and loaded. Okay, follow us, please. Tell your friends about us. Why not? You can review us on a, on an iTunes on a any anywhere you're listening to this podcast. If you give us a nice uh nice five star review, we can uh we can give you a little thumbs up, little wink, wink and a nod. We'd really appreciate that. Whew. I am running on about three hours of sleep. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. So thanks for sticking it out with me. I hope you guys had a good time. I sure have. 
This has been episode 33 of Chris to Chris. Guys, do me a favor. Enjoy your weekend or else. Oh, oh.